0: So, I turned 24, that is, you know, a lot to take in, um, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while then you probably know that I'm big on switching things up every year, so I started dating and I have my first therapy session in over four years tomorrow. Yeah, that does seem like a dive straight into the deep end, but let's get into it. I also just want to say, like, if you can hear people in the background, it's because I'm in an office space and I did think it was going to be soundproof but it's not, so, you know, life is life at this point, but, yeah, so I turned 24, and I was, like, "Mm, not that big of a deal, like, I was 23 yesterday, you know, like, it's just really not that serious, but, I don't know, I felt like 23 was an amazing year, it was a life-changing year for me, but, I don't know, I just, like, felt like I wasn't completely putting myself first, and so that's kind of been my goal for 24 I've been 24 for over a month now oh my god I need to file for retirement like this is actually a joke at this point I cannot believe how old I am but yeah I went on a date um and it was with someone I already knew Mm, well I've met them three times and I've already hooked up with them once so you know I wouldn't say no but you know, I wasn't, like, a hinge date, I'm trying to get to that point, but I just don't think I can, I'm actually terrified of hinge, I, like, matched with a guy on there, and he was, like, oh, I know this pub in Chelsea, and I was, like, well, I'm not coming, so have fun, (laughs) no, I wasn't as mean as that, no, actually, no, I might have been meaner, I did ghost him, yeah, we were talking for a while, and then he was, like, okay, I know this pub in Chelsea, like, let's go, and then i remembered that that same night that he wanted to go out i actually had tickets to, to see my policeman the new harry styles film so i was like oh you know like this film does come out in like a week and a half and i get to see it early so i'm not going to go on this date did i tell him i wasn't going on the date no however i didn't stand him up i didn't agree for the date i'm really digging a deeper hole for myself here i just goes to him that's all i'm saying Um, but, yeah, I did go on a date with a girl that I know, who's also my best friend's flatmate, and it was fun, like, I get why people date, like, I don't know, it's kind of like a learning experience about yourself and about other people, and, like, my best friend is it for me, like, she is my world and everything else, like, she's just the bestest friend I could have ever asked for, and so I don't really socialise with anyone else, and so, Yeah, I think dating may be a fun way to like kind of broaden my social skills because you're kind of forced to talk you know I don't know um but yeah I went on a date um and I have therapy tomorrow I am very scared I am oh my god I'm so so scared because so, this isn't an ad, This I know that people in their podcasts use this as an ad break, but like, this isn't an ad, I paid for it myself, um, I signed up for BetterHelp, um, and I'm very sceptical about it, because like I said, everyone and their fucking dog does it as an ad, and I'm like, why on earth is this, like, therapy company using influencers as promotion, But what can I say, I'm a target of marketing, and I didn't know how else to go about getting therapy, I refused to go through the NHS again, it's just complete turmoil, it's like they just want me to suffer at this point, so yeah, I kind of just went with what I knew was available, um, they have financing options, which I think is really cool, like, because therapy, private therapy at least, is very expensive, so yeah, it was nice to see that was an option, um, but yeah, I signed up, and then, guys, I thought, like, you pay for therapy after the session. Let me know why the money came out of my bank account before they even gave me a therapist. I was like, besties, are you trying to make me more depressed? Is that the plan here? But anyway, yeah, I got matched with a therapist, and that was okay. I guess I haven't had a session yet. It's tomorrow. I'm kind of like, what do I say? Like, what am I... Like, I just don't know. I don't know what to say to a the therapist. My... Big thing with therapy before is that I can't open up to someone. I just find it really difficult to open up unless I'm actually paralytically drunk. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not really the kind of gal that's going to tell you how I feel. I, I say that. I have a podcast. So maybe I'm a liar. But I don't know. When it's a therapy session, I always used to feel like I was being observed. And I was like, ew, like, I don't want you to know my trauma like, why would I tell you that? But I understand that's the point of therapy. I also got therapy because my doctor keeps fucking telling me that I need to go to therapy. And I'm like, oh my God, like, are you even going to pay for it? Like, how dare you? She's always like, you can just get on the NHS waiting list. I'm like, I could jump off a cliff before the NHS gets back to me about therapy. So I just went private. I do think it would be really good for me to have someone to speak to um, because... There are a few things, like, in my life now that I don't really know how to explain to, like, other people. Like, my parents have always kind of been my therapist, as much as they didn't want to be. <laughs> um, but, like, if I ever say to my parents, like, oh, I'm getting a bit, like, flustered or, like, I don't know, overly emotional about a comment someone left on a video. They're just like, well, why don't you just delete the app? And I'm like, okay, let's think about that. That means I'm going to be broke again. So... Don't really know how that's gonna work, but yeah, I think going to a therapist will be very beneficial for me. And I know you guys on TikTok have been asking me for like two years now to just go to therapy, <laughs> so I did it. Um, so my first therapy session is tomorrow at four forty-five PM. Very like my whole family, my whole family. I literally live with my parents. My parents aren't gonna be home tomorrow at four forty-five, obviously, which is why I picked that time slot. So, I think that would be good to, like, not feel the constraints of, like, maybe my parents are listening. Not that they would. Not that they even know I'm in therapy now. But, you know, I'll be a bit more liberated to be like, yeah, I fucking hate my life. Or, I, I don't. I don't. Sorry. That was 16-year-old me came out to play that for a minute. Anyway, um, now that's out of the way, those are the only two major changes, I guess. Um... I do feel that a lot of my brand has become SoulCycle because I used to work out there a lot, I mean I've done 750 rides there and it was like my happy place for a really long time but I have been getting a few like DMs or comments or whatever to be honest um, of just people asking why I don't go to SoulCycle as much anymore and why I don't ride with like the instructors I used to ride with and yeah so I've been going to Barry's a lot more I really like Barry's I have been terrified of lifting weights probably my whole entire life like when I used to have a gym membership I would never touch the weights um but I really wanted to get into it because I've like read all the health benefits about lifting weights and I do love running and if you don't know Barry's it is a hits workout so you do half the class on a treadmill half the class with weights and As of late, because I do so much cardio with spin, I have been doing double floor at Barry's and it's been helping my sleep so much and I just feel so empowered and yeah, I've been really loving Barry's and I have been going to yoga every week. I have an amazing yoga instructor. I go to Hot Pod Yoga and I wouldn't have gone to Hot Pod if it wasn't for my work wife who has now left, but she raves about Hot Pod and so I got a membership and tried out all the instructors and then found Bianca and she is an absolutely amazing instructor and I go to that class every Monday evening and it just kind of it just kind of calms me down and I really enjoy it. Um, and then throughout the rest of the week I do Barry's or Pilates. Um, I jump from Pilates classes like I don't really have a consistent Pilates place. So I like going to different classes because I feel like Pilates is such an underrated workout first and foremost. But uh, it's also like so different from every studio. I do love Carve. I do think that Cycle have a really good reformer Pilates as well. Um, but yes, as for Soul Cycle, I listen. Some of the people I met there will be in my life for a very long time. Um, it's just the actual institution itself in London is not what it used to be and I get so anxious going there and so I've decided like I have to put me first it's kind of like this (laughs) it's kind of like Stockholm syndrome obviously not as extreme but that's the only way I can really describe it like I have this attachment to it because I've kind of associated myself with being happy with being at Soul's Like All and so even when I'm like I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go I don't find myself there And then I find myself being even more anxious because the environment is just so awful and like, it's just become such a weird place and it's just a London specific thing. And I also know that there are people there who probably listen to this podcast. I don't care. Like I've given that company so much of my money. The least they can do is like pretend to be nice. you know. And this is not the instructors at all. The instructors are angels. They are absolute angels. They are the only reason I still go there but I just don't go there as much anymore because honestly, like, why would I pay for someone to be rude to me? Do you know what I mean? Like, that just doesn't make sense, so I'm not going to do that. Whereas I go to Barry's and they're so fucking sweet and it's just so crazy. Like, it's actually bizarre because I don't know what happened. I don't know when it changed. I don't know why it changed. I don't know what I did or what my friends did because it's not just me. There's, like, a whole group of us who feel this way and it's really sad because every week you know like that would be where I saw my friends but now I mean to be fair we go to Barry's together now but yeah I kind of feel like it's shitty on the instructors as well because they're gonna lose a lot of loyal riders but I just had to put me first <laughs> I gotta put me first okay um yeah I had to put me first and it was causing me way more stress than needs be so I switched up and I've been really enjoying Barry's um and I feel so strong from Barry's because it's, like, something I never do. Like, I never lift weights. But uh, I just thought I would clear that up because I did make SoulCycle such a big part of my brand. Um, and, you know, like, love and respect. But I don't ride there as much anymore, which is sad. Like, even, let me check my app on my phone. Um, like, my SoulCycle app, it basically tells you how many classes you have taken in a month or in 30 days. And mine used to always be something like 42 classes in 30 days. Like I used to ride like an insane bitch. My current one, eight rides in the past 30 days. So that's where I'm at. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I just, I do feel like I owed you guys an explanation because it was such a big part of my life. And yeah, I just kind of, kept getting comments like, why don't you go to SoulCycle, it's so weird that you're not at Cycle. what happened to SoulCycle, and I'm like, okay, let's address the elephant in the room, I've moved on, I've moved on, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that, um, updates on my work life, that's another thing that I keep getting a lot of DMs about, um, like, did I quit, did I renew my contract, what happened with my boss that made me cry, etc, etc, and, I don't know, I feel like there's this current trend, or has it passed, I don't know, about quiet quitting, and I still don't really know what that means, (laughs) but I think that's what I did, like I stripped back my hours, so I used to work five days a week, you know, like Monday to Friday, um, and because I work in media, and like I work for a media publication, I feel like even on the weekends, I never really got to switch off, which is like, okay, it comes with the job, but like, Jesus Christ, don't email me on a Saturday, do you know what I mean? Like, I'll happily schedule a post or like, if something doesn't go live, like if you work in social media, you know, like if something doesn't go live and like, it's your weekend, you can't like continue with your day because you're just so distracted by the fact that like something hasn't worked out. Um, so yeah, I used to work Monday to Friday and then even on Saturdays and Sundays, like i'd have to work and i was like oh my god like the, what like oh i know it's like such an annoying thing to hear someone complain about like oh you work in social media boo fucking who but you know if i'm in an office every day for nine hours i at least want a saturday just to be me and so i was coming to the end of my contract and my boss was like obviously like we want you to stay and i was like cool i want to pay rise and i don't want to work as many days and that's what I did, and that's what I got. Um, I probably would have continued to work five days had it not been for someone who was on my team before, who has now left. But I was like, I physically cannot deal with this person every single day. And so, yeah, I work two days a week now, and I got a pay rise, and I was like, fuck it up, fuck it up. Um, but what was I talking about? Quiet quitting, yes. So I've kind of had to set boundaries between work and my personal life and every so i work mondays and wednesdays and every single monday wednesday evening i will literally send out an email being like i am out of office until and then insert date when i'm back because it is so frustrating to me receiving emails like demanding attention when i'm not working you should have said that yesterday like And I feel like we've become a culture that's normalized it so much. Like, "Mm, your boss emails you out of hours. Like, that's so normal. No, it's fucking not. Like, one of my friends works in PR, which is, like, kind of adjacent to the kind of thing that I do at work. And she was like, to me, I work in PR, not ER. And I was like, that is the best fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Because it's so true. Like, I'm not a doctor. No one's going to die if this Instagram post isn't up. Like, I'm really, it's just so annoying. And I remember when I was in New York, Office in on a completely different schedule, like completely different time zone, and I'm receiving emails like when the workday back in London is wrapping up, and I'm just like in the middle of the day in New York, like drinking my coffee, looking at Brooklyn Bridge, crying my fucking eyes out, and like my old line manager is like, Mary, like where's this, where's that? bro? I'm on holiday. Like, can you behave? Like, can you actually just take a deep breath and leave me alone? Um, and that that line manager has now quit. Thank the fucking Lord. Yeah, so even with my next holiday, so I'm going to LA in two weeks. Um, we'll get back into that, by the way. I'm not just skipping over that. But I'm going to LA in two weeks. And I have said in every meeting I've had this week, do not fucking contact me once I'm in LA. I was like, from the 7th to the 15th of November, leave me alone. I'm not your friend. I'm not your age mate. Do not email me. I do not want, no, no. I just want to be at peace. I just want to enjoy my holiday um and also the time difference bitch (laughs) unless you want an angry aggressive message from me at 2am I advise you do not email me it's that simple but yeah so I have had to put my foot down with setting boundaries at work because I'm just over it I'm just over it I feel very fortunate that like I'm in a position where I could just quit my job and I would be okay because social media has like supported me and like has given me that financial stability to not need to work a job or like an office job etc but I do it because one I want to obviously but two there is an instability in social media income that you don't have if you have a job you know like if you have a job you know that you get your paycheck whenever you get your paycheck like I get paid monthly and so I know at 1201 on the 28th of every single month I will receive my paycheck Whereas if you are, I hate the fucking phrases, but like an influencer or a content creator, unless you have like rolling contracts, you don't really know how many brand deals you're going to get in a month. And so I feel very lucky because I've got a rolling contract with Fabletics. So I know that every month they will pay me for my content, but other brand deals, I'm like, oh my God, like I might not get a brand deal this month, like, what does that mean for me, and so I like having a job, because I know that I'm gonna get paid, I know that I'm gonna be absolutely fine, like, if on the 27th my bank account is pushing limits, I can be like, no, 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 so fine, like, payday's tomorrow, you know, but without that, and, like, having that, like, instability of being on social media, I feel like I'd probably have a lot more panic attacks than I do, so, I yeah I don't know it's like a double-edged sword I, I mean I I don't even like I'm not complaining about it but I don't want you to perceive this as me complaining about this because I'm not I realize how fucking fortunate I am and how lucky I am because I was thinking about this the other day like realistically I didn't work for any of this you know like I genuinely just got so lucky and I am so so honored and like so grateful that people care enough to watch my videos and listen to my podcast and like follow me on Instagram or whatever like I that is such a blessing and I never take that for granted but also you know I didn't have to apply to be a TikToker. girl like I didn't have to take exams like I don't feel like I earned any of it and so I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now <laughs> but like yeah I, d- yeah, I actually, I don't know what's wrong with me, guys, oh wait, let me, okay, I'm gonna move on, sorry, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> I'm gonna move on, um, oh my god, my MacBook, Jesus, don't tell me this stop recording, oh no, it didn't, um, oh my god, sorry, I'm such a scatterbrain, anyway, what I was gonna say is, moving on, because I can't remember what I was talking about, but moving on, um, I get a lot of comments on TikTok, like, you need to go and get checked for ADHD, like, you clearly have ADHD, whatever, Um, I'm not going to tell my doctor that, so, (laughs) okay, but I might tell my therapist, I might be like, because I thought maybe I should disclose what I do, Um, and so I'll be like, oh yeah, some people on the internet think I have um, ADHD, and it's not WebMD, Um, but I took my friend's ADHD medication the other day, and do you know what, I was really expecting life-changing results, I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be able to focus today. I spent, well, I mean, I guess I did focus, but, like, I literally spent five hours trying to scam uni days. I was like, I'm still a student. Let me in. And I, yeah, I was like, mm. So I didn't get any work done. But I think I've said this on TikTok before, but I, like, used to take modafinil when I was at uni. Not prescribed. I don't recommend, but... I just, like, had so much work to do as a law student that I was like, shit, like, I need something, I need something to get me through this. And so, I used to take Modafinil, which, let me actually Google what it is, because I could not tell you, which is probably bad, because I do have a heart condition, and I am not meant to take things like that. But, let's see, Modafinil, side effects, nope, don't want to look at that. Um... Oh my God, who's coughing? Jesus Christ, how many vaccines do you have, babe? Uh, modafinil reduces extreme sleepiness due to narcolepsy. Okay, it's a knock. okay, that... Why the fuck was I taking modafinil? Okay, it was sold to me as like a study drug, which is why I took it. I don't know why WebMD is saying it's for narcolepsy, because that is not what I was taking it for. I didn't sleep, you know, that's <laughs> that's the truth. I was taking, um, is it Ritalin? Is that the Adderall? I don't know, in 6-form, to study for psychology. That is so ironic, like, I was literally taking medication that wasn't prescribed to me to study for a subject about psychology. Like, yes, Mary, genius. Big galaxy brain vibes right there. But anyways, none of this is recommended, I'm just telling you my experience. So I used to take um, ADHD meds, unprescribed. study because I am a fan of essays and I took essay subjects throughout sixth form and then I did a law degree so yeah had to write a lot and it meant I had to stay up late oh that's probably why the modafina was helping anyway um yeah and it was really like it was really life-changing for me like I could study so much but to be fair like I like I am a good studier I'm going to say how it is if i'm at school like i am good at studying i revise a lot and like i do devote a lot of time to studying because i'm such a perfectionist but i don't know when i got to uni i was like is this optional like i really don't want to do this and so that's why i started taking modafinil but yeah it really it just puts you in the zone but then i took my friend's medication the other day and i can't remember what it was i can't remember what it was called But I was just like, "Mm, this isn't what I was looking for. So, yeah, it's kind of like, do I have ADHD? Do I not have ADHD? Also, like, I've had friends. mm, I wouldn't call him a friend. Um, I've had acquaintances that have just, like, taken speed to study. And, like, I'm not going to do that because absolutely not. But then you look at the scientific breakdown of ADHD medication and a lot of it is very similar to speed. So anyways, my brain is going on a tangent. Ironic. Um, but yeah, I'm not gonna bring that up to my doctor yet. I'm just gonna tell my therapist. If I tell my therapist that I took unprescribed ADHD medication, she can't do anything right. Like, I'm 24, she can't tell my parents. Not that my parents would care. Mm, no, my mum might have a mental breakdown. My dad would be like, okay. But I feel like maybe I should tell her that and be like, listen, they they did something when I was in uni. So maybe they could do something now. But also, do I really want to add to my concoction of tablets I take every morning? Not really. Guys, I'm trying to like be so healthy. I'm going to LA, so I was like, oh my god, health girl grind. I was like, I'm going to Air One, I'm going to Whole Food, I'm going to Hot Pilates. I've actually got a Hot Pilates class booked for the day I land. But anyways. I was like, yeah, we're doing this hot girl shit, hot LA girl shit, okay? I've never been to the West Coast before, I'm not a beach gal, Um, I'm an East Coast girly, I'm wearing my New York Yankees necklace and I've got my New York City tattoos, so, you know, I'm an East Coast girly, but I don't know, I was like, fuck it, let me just book a flight to LA, so I'm going to LA and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna have to be healthy, I'm gonna have to, you know, not have gut issues and, like, shit my parents on a 12-hour flight. So, I got a bunch of medication, not medication, like supplements, vitamins, that is the word I was looking for. Um, I got like a libido one. Okay, I I didn't get that for LA. I'll be real with you. I got that for London City, baby. I just wanted to try it out because, you know, sorry, another tangent, but people always say that when you're on antidepressants, like, you lose your sex drive, didn't really happen for me, but I was like, let me just boost it up just in case, because I am going to change antidepressants, we will get to that, we have so much to catch up on, besties, anyways, I also got some hair supplements, it was actually a hair and libido one, or maybe it was energy and libido, whatever, then I got some probiotics, pre-birth, I got symbiotics, why was I just trying to list all the components? I got some symbiotics from Seed, they kindly sent them to me. I've actually always wanted to take Seed symbiotic because when I was younger, maybe four years ago, so not that young, but I would see all the influencers get like their Seed deliveries and like Sophia Bush, oh my fucking god, when I was a One Tree Hill stan, she would always talk about Seed and I was like, oh my god, I want it but it's so expensive. And then out of nowhere, they fucking emailed me and they're like, do you want one? And I was like, uh, give it to me. Like, yes, fucking please. So I've been taking that. Uh, I've been taking some hair gummies. I actually think I might be overdosing on biotin. Oh, well. Um, my hair has grown. Any- oh my God, Mary, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, so yeah, I've been taking all these supplements. And every morning I have to start with the biggest tablet because I am a wimp. I cannot fucking take a tablet to save my life. Like the first time I took a tablet, I was 16. Um and I was rushed into the hospital <laughs> because I was having an allergic reaction, a belated, no, belated, delayed, the word is delayed. I was having a delayed reaction to the anesthesia that I was put under before I had my heart ablation. So I got home and then I was just like, hey, hey, hey besties, how y'all doing? Um by besties I mean my parents. And I was like, hey, um, I do think my throat is closing up, not to worry anyone, but I also have a rash on my back. And um, so we might have to do something about that. And then we went to hospital. Um, and then I was in A&E for like six hours. That was the longest I've ever been in A&E. Like I'm, I'm a regular customer at A&E, okay? Uh, not because I'm drunk a lot, like a lot of people are, but because my body doesn't like me. Um, and that was the longest I've ever waited in a including during the pandemic. Um, but yeah. And then, so I fell asleep, obviously, you know, just come out of surgery, went home and now I'm back in a I need a nap. I'm a tired girl. Um, but then they, they woke me up and they were like, you have to take this tablet. And I was like, oh, 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 bitch, you don't know me. Um, and it was funny because prior to me being in a when I was actually in hospital, I've got to get this context. Basically, when you have a heart ablation, they put a tube of electricity up your groin and zap your heart, which is what they did to me. And so, you know, when you wake up, you're going to be in a bit of pain and you've got bandages on your groin and whatever. And so they give you painkillers. Let me know why they gave me painkillers. And I was like, I don't know who told you I was going to swallow these, but you need to turn around and take those back because I'm not swallowing them. And my doctor sat there and made me chew them in my mouth. Half my mouth went numb. Anyway, that's how much I can swallow tablets. And then I went to any and they were like, you need to swallow this tablet. And I was like, You must be new around here. I don't do that. Thank you very much. But I was so tired and so delirious that I just put it in my mouth and swallowed it. And I was, Oh my God. I got home at like 3 a.m. I was like, Guys, we need to throw a party. This is a monumental moment. Um, it still took me a couple more years to take a paracetamol. But you know that was the breakthrough for me but then you get these fucking supplements that are like the size of horse tranquilizer pills and i'm like how am i expected to swallow this and so i always have to start with the biggest one and then work my way down to my tiny little antidepressants because they are tiny and i am so grateful for that if i was prescribed antidepressants that were bigger than a five pence piece i would kill myself there would be no depression to auntie because I would not be here. It is, yeah, no, no, no. I, I can't do that. That's, that's scary. That is, yeah. So yeah, that's why I don't wish to bring up the ADHD thing to my doctor because, actually, I don't, I don't think she likes me enough to prescribe me with ADHD medication. I'll be real with you. Do you know how many times I have gone onto the people website and I'm like, oh my god, how much is private healthcare? Because the NHS is just not cutting it anymore, like, I don't, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know, like, it's really not coming out of your paycheck like just give me the damn meds you know anyway no sorry I know there are reasons why they can't anyway let's talk about LA I am going to LA in two weeks and I'm an East Coast girl who the fuck is turning on the coffee machine whilst I'm making my podcast there we go thank you oh my god wait can they hear me oh my god if they can hear me that is so rude anyway um, yes yeah, so I'm going to LA in two weeks and I've never been to the West Coast and I really want to get into the West Coast lifestyle, because, you know, I've had a few people say West Coast, Best Coast, I don't think that's true, because the East Coast has my heart, like, bitch, I've been to fucking Connecticut, and I'm still like, the East Coast has my heart, you know, like, I feel like that's saying something, but, yeah, I'm going to LA, Uh, it's a 12-hour flight, I... I'm actually scared of using plain bathrooms, so I don't really know how this one's gonna go down, and also my flight is in the middle of the day, so I don't know how I'm gonna sleep. But yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm kind of looking forward, no, I'm actually extremely looking forward to the fact that I'm gonna be able to go to Air One and get a fucking Hailey Bieber smoothie or like whatever smoothie. I think right now they have the Courtney Kardashian one, like a push smoothie. Oh, I hope I bump into Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh my God, guys listen, like, I am an East Coast girly, but realistically, like, in my soul, I'm a West Coast girly, like, that whole goop, push, that whole lifestyle, I've been like that since I was literally 12 years old, yeah, at first, yes, it was an undiagnosed eating disorder, but now, we've moved past that, now I'm, I'm just, I'm a goop girl, I'm a goop girl, I'm a push girl, I've also been watching Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Sorry, that's all I'm going to say about LA because um, I don't actually know what else to say. I'm going for eight days and then I'll be back. And then my jet lag is going to whoop my house. But anyways. Um, fuck, what was I talking about? <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say. I've actually been watching Keeping Up With The Kardashians and guys, you know, I've had a tumultuous relationship. Is that the correct word? I said that and I was like... Bitch, when did we start, when did we start, oh my god, sorry, I'm getting work emails on my days off, again, tumultuous, that was the word I was looking for, tumultuous, no, that is not the word I meant, Um, let's just say rocky. Um, I've had a rocky relationship with Keeping Up With The Kardashians, and a lot of you already know this, you know, I was very young, very naive when I was watching Keeping Up With The Kardashians, and they were in their promoting skinny tea era, and I was like, oh my god, sign me up, Um, and, you know, I haven't had normal bowels since, so I stayed away from them, but then working in media means that everyone is fucking talking about either Keeping Up With The Kardashians or The Real Housewives. And there are too many franchises of The Real Housewives for me to get into that at any point soon. So I decided to watch Keeping Up With The Kardashians. And you know what? I am really enjoying it. I <laughs> I never thought I'd say that, but I am really enjoying it. I do feel really sorry for Chloe because, babe, oh my god, like, oh my god, you're literally having another child. And your husband is also having another child but it's not your child <laughs> I would end it all I I mean no no that's not a nice thing to say but you know I'd, I'd be having a hard time but she's a, she's a better woman than I am because let me tell you right now if that happened to me Tristan Thompson would not live to tell the tale he would not live to tell the tale me and my absolute noodle arms would take him out but I do feel like it's changed a bit since the E days, because I don't know what the fuck happened to Kendall's personality, like, she just, she just left her personality with E and said, Hulu, I'm not giving you anything, and I was like, babe, you used to be the one that I was rooting for, like, you were my girly pop, I was like, I love Kendall, and now I'm like, yeah, you're all weird, I love Kim, which I never thought I'd say, I was never a Kim girl, I feel like... The Kardashians are like one direction. Like you're always one of them's girl. Like I was a Harry girl in one direction. And then with the Kardashians, I was a Kendall girl. And then for a while, I was a Courtney girl. Actually, I think I was a Courtney girl for a longer period of time than I was a Kendall girl. But then now I can't be a Courtney girl because oh my god, her and Travis. Please get off each other. Anyway, um, yeah, so now, I'm a Kim girl, and I never thought I'd say that, but I think I think it was the Pete Davidson effect, I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, I'm a Kim girl, um, but yeah, the new series is very different to E, I think, um, like, very, very different, apart from the fact that the cameras aren't grainy, like they were in the old days, <laughs> but yeah, I've been watching Keeping Up with The Kardashians, oh my god, there's a new episode today, actually, <laughs> Fun. I'm gonna watch that when I get home. Um, what else have I been watching? Oh, I went to see Don't Worry Darling. Actually, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Don't Worry Darling, because I really have been making a lot of videos on this and, like, writing a lot about it, and talking about it on Twitter and Instagram, because I am just fucking baffled about what on earth went on behind the scenes of Don't Worry Darling. Because, number one, number one, this is, this is the big one. Harry Styles. Florence Pugh was right there like she was right there and you said Olivia you're coming home with me shut up (laughs) the woman could be your mother anyway not age shaming Olivia at all I was I was an Olivia fan until very recently but yeah that was just a weird thing to come out of don't worry darling like I thought if anyone was going to hook up it was going to be Florence and Harry but then you know Olivia has a fiancé, again, I don't know these people, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, um, but you know, clearly she just, she left her fiancé and two kids, she may have had every right and every reason, I mean no, of course she has every right to leave her fiancé, but like she might have had every reason under the sun to leave him, I don't know, you know, sometimes I do have to remind myself that Jason Sudeikis is not Ted Lasso and he's not actually the love of my life, but you know, so, yeah, I mean, it was a shock to the system when it first happened, and then she's at every single tour day, and I was like, Whoa, okay, things got serious real fast. But then, you know, Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf, whatever his name is, was what claimed to be kicked off the set of Don't Marry Darling, kicked out of the film. But that is not true, because that is when he said, I've got the receipts, I left and this is when shit took a turn because oh my God, Shia has Olivia on camera in 4K begging him to come back. And I was like, oh shit. And then she said, Miss Flow. <laughs> Olivia, that was your final straw. That was your final fucking straw. Anyways, so that happened, and then the Venice Film Festival happened, it was very awkward, and then we had Spitgate and Harry Styles spitting on Chris Pine, a lot has been going on with this movie, but then the movie came out, and I was like, okay, great PR, the movie, not great, but everything that led up to the movie, absolutely phenomenal, lived for it. And then, the other day, I was resting peacefully at, like, 10pm, I wake up in the morning to find out there's more, don't worry, darling drama, the fucking renaissance of the drama, has reappeared, and I was like, "Okay, let me look into it." Jesus fucking Christ! The plot thickens; it really does. So, Olivia apparently told her fiance that Harry was sleeping with Florence. Obviously, everyone and their fucking dog knows that Florence was with Zach Braff. After four years, they broke up. I was I was very shocked by that. I'll be with you. I did think they were a lifetime item, but whatever. Um, yeah, so they broke up after filming, which, yeah, I was like, Oh, what really happened on the setup? Don't worry, darling. I don't know why I said that. Um, yeah, so Olivia lied to Jason, apparently, according to the nanny. Um, that nanny is a fucking gossip, I'll tell you that much, but also she is a G because if I worked for two like super rich actors and they refused to give me severance pay for firing me, I uh, yeah, I would fucking tell the press everything. I'll tell you that much. Anyway, so the nanny revealed the tea. I need to get the nanny on the podcast. But apparently Jason found out that it was actually Olivia and Harry who were together, and that they kissed at a cast rap thing because she looked... No, he looked at her Apple Watch, which I think is fucking hilarious. And then Jason laid down in front of her car when she was trying to drive to Harry's house to give him her salad with her special salad dressing. Yeah, you are just as confused as I was because what on earth is in that salad dressing that is gonna make a man lie down in front of his car? That is really something because to me salad dressing does sound like a euphemism but I have been made aware it's not so I'm thinking Balsamic isn't that powerful, you know? Vinegar, not that powerful, I'm not lying in front of a car for it. Um, But I also keep saying I would love to know if this happened before or after Harry Styles' work, keep driving. Because if it was before, Harry, you are a savage, I'll tell you that much. But yeah, that was the drama that's really been riveting recently. (laughs) I'm just so invested in it because I absolutely adore Florence Pugh obviously you guys know I love Harry Styles, I do think that makes me a bad person, but we won't talk about that right now, um, and I used to be an Olivia Wilde stan, and, um, as for Jason Sudeikis, I don't really know what he's in, to be honest, but he is Ted Lasso, and I do fucking love Ted Lasso, so I did like him, um, until this all blew up, I'm like, really and truly, no man is ever worth you lying in front of a car, ever. Guys, I'm so sorry. I can literally listened to this back and there is like the dirtiest fucking echo in this room. Um, let me see if I can fucking take that out. Take it out and post. Edit in post. Okay, now we'll get into the books I've read recently because... I'm actually kind of disappointed in the amount of books that I've read recently. i have just like, my brain has been too loud for me to read properly, but we're gonna get into them. So I'll start with the book that most people are probably expecting me to talk about and that is It Starts With Us which is the sequel to It Ends With Us and listen Colleen Hoover babe I can't keep defending you. I really can't. Um, yeah that book wasn't good. The only reason I gave it three stars on Goodreads and I actually wanted to give it two and a half stars but they don't have a half option but the only reason I gave it three stars is because like I would actually die for Atlas Um, and that book was really good to him, so that is why, but I just feel like stop, like can people stop writing things for TikTok, like your intention when making a book or a song or a film or any form of art should not be will TikTok enjoy this, like let me tell you that much, no one fucking knows how long TikTok is gonna last, literature is for life, you know, like I can't be reading that book 10 years after TikTok has died I would just cringe, I would, I mean, I did cringe, um, yeah, it was just completely unnecessary, life was fine before that book, like, I didn't need, I I didn't need a sequel, I just got excited about a sequel, because it was announced that there was going to be one, but I didn't need it, and then, look what happened, it was fucking awful, and now it's ruined, the book's for me, And I read All Your Perfects as well, and God, don't even get me started on that book. Oh my goodness, that's probably one of the worst books I've ever read. Oh no, the worst book I've ever read is We Were Liars. Um, If you enjoyed that, maybe you should take my therapy session on Friday, but yeah, that was the worst book I've ever read. But then All Your Perfects, very close second, very, very close second. But let's get into the other books that I've read. I'm currently reading um, Love in a Time of Serial Killers. I'm kind of, yeah I'm forcing myself to get through it but let's, let's have a look. So, oh my god wait, I can't even remember the last time I mentioned what books I've read. So i read The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. I felt like everyone has watched, not watched this book, I felt like everyone has read this book. Um, it is really good, it's just fucking long and it drags out a lot but the story is really good and really sweet. And yeah, I would recommend it if you don't mind putting in the time to get through like I I don't know, I was going to say 700 page book. I don't think it is 700 pages, but still long. Then I read None of This Is Serious. Actually, I take back what I said before. That is the worst book I've ever read. Like honest to God, that is the worst book I've ever read. I was so angry. I was so fucking, I'm, oh my God, I can't talk about it. I was like, crying. Then I read Things We Never Got Over, I feel like this is another TikTok book, it is so smutty, oh my fucking god, I was like, Jesus Christ, I can't read this book in public, but also it's like kind of scary, because I don't really like men like the protagonist, I guess, it's not really the protagonist, but I don't like men like the love interest in this book, so I wasn't really bad with that. Then I read The Lies You Told by Harriet Tice, and I absolutely love Harriet Tice, I think she's a phenomenal author, um, she wrote Blood Orange, which is one of my favourite books ever, and so when she released The Lies You Told, I was like, "Mm, bitch, you're coming home with me, so yeah, I read that, literally gobbled it up in a few hours, like, absolutely loved it, such a good psychological thriller, I feel like every, I was gonna say, every single one of her books, I've read two, both of them, um, but yeah, and both of them, you're just kind of like, what the fuck is going to happen next? Like, I need to know. I need the answers. I am gagging for the answers. And so I literally woke up at 9am and I had maybe 50 pages left. Did not speak to anyone. I was like, i got to get through this. i got to know what happens. Um, then I read Carrie Soto is Back. You guys know I'm a big Taylor Jenkins read fan. Um, so when this book came out, obviously on release day, I was like, Yep, you're coming home with me. That is Chris Clemens. What a fucking legend! That is an audio for the ages. Uh, you're coming home with me. Anyway, um, yeah, I read Carrie is back, and I just think Taylor Jenkins Reid has this spectacular talent where she can make you interested about any fucking occupation under the sun. Because I don't give a shit about tennis. Like I live in London, I have never been to Wimbledon. And I cared about tennis when I was reading this book. I was like, yes, bitch. Like, so literally, i metaphor. Um, Then I read How to Kill Your Family. I really liked this book. I thought it was so funny. The ending was probably one of the worst endings ever. Uh, very rushed. I felt like, yeah, yeah. I felt like that's the only thing I can explain. But it is, like, a bestseller worldwide. So a lot of people have told me they didn't like it. But I was like, mm, yeah, well, it looks like a lot of people do like it. And I liked it, so... That's all that really matters. Then I read Crying in H Mart. And okay, listen to this. So someone told me that I was going to love this book. They were like, you're going to cry your eyes out. Did I cry once? No. But hear me out. The book didn't make me cry because the book makes sense to me. I feel like the only, no, not the only people. No, yes, the only people who said to me that this book made them cry were people who weren't first generation kids, or aren't first generation kids, and don't have immigrant parents. For me, that book didn't seem overly emotional, because I know what it's like to be a first generation kid. I know what it's like to not be able to speak your mother's mother tongue. I know what it's like to have that fundamental foundation of love in sharing food, and stuff like that. Like, Crying in H Mart, to me, just felt like, a love letter to first-generation kids and yeah, it didn't, like, I I wasn't overly emotional reading it obviously, like, it's her life and there are really, really sad parts of it but I related to a lot of the book and so for me, yeah, it wasn't really, like, this extremely emotional experience I was just kind of like, yeah, I get it and I, I feel like that's good, like, I'm not saying that was a bad thing because I didn't cry I genuinely love reading stories that I can relate to and I think there need to be a lot more stories and experiences explored about first generation kids and that relationship that we do have with food because I remember like when I was younger my friend once said to me like oh did your mum cut fruit for you and bring it up to your room and like my mum did that so much for me growing up. I mean she still does it for me now, I'm 24 like It's always just been such a love language, like, cut up fruit. And when I was at uni, I realised that, like, a lot of my white friends didn't have that experience. But a lot of my first-generation friends did have that experience. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm seeing a pattern here. And, yeah, like, there, there really is something so beautiful in a message that's like, how do you relate to your mother when... Her home is not your home. And yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed reading Crying H Mart, but it definitely wasn't like an emotional ride for me. I was just like, oh yeah, this is this is life for first gen kids. Um then I read Girls They Write Songs About. I was truly pumped for this book. Wasn't a great read. I've had enough of reading books that are like posed as this feminist literature that's going to change the landscape and it's just like a white feminist substory. i'm like okay um could have literally gone on instagram for that but moving on then i read a million kisses in your lifetime this book is very smutty like yeah it's very smutty which is very unexpected because the protagonist's whole thing is that she's a virgin that's as much as i'm going to tell you because anything else would give it away but like like page one she's like i'm a virgin and then like every other fucking page is like she's a virgin and i'm like we got it um but yeah then i read the secret lives of church ladies i really enjoyed it i feel like it's very rare to read a book about sexuality and religion and religious trauma like intertwined with the experiences of women of color and so that was a really interesting read for me especially as someone who like grew up in catholic school and, like, carries a lot of religious guilt with me every single day. It was, yeah, it was a nice read. Um, then I read The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren. And, guys, what the fuck? Like, this book is not good. It is not good. Everyone on TikTok is like, The Unhoneymooners, yeah, like, such a good read. I have never seen more gaslighting in my entire life than Dane with... Fuck, I forgot her name. Uh, Olive, there we go, (laughs) there we go. Yeah, it it wasn't for me, it was not for me, but that's okay. I'm now currently reading Love in the Time of Serial Killers, as I said, Um, and yeah, that's literally essentially yeah okay and we'll finish up with this topic because i did say i would come back to it and i haven't touched it yet so antidepressant update I Should probably get a jingle for that segment huh anyway um i'm getting my antidepressants changed if i don't have a heart attack without context that is fucking crazy basically i'm changing my antidepressants to venlafaxine. i don't know if that's how you say it but um yeah my doctor wants to change me onto those and i don't know what the situation is with the metazapine um but she was like we can increase it but you'll gain weight and i was like i let's let's not do that one um and then she was like okay just keep it where it is but we'll change your search lane But because I have a history of a heart condition, I have to have an ECG before I change my meds. And I'm like, oh my god, if the heart attack doesn't take me out, the depression will. So that's where we're at. That's the update. Um, Yeah, so I might not be a Sertuline sister anymore. Um, It's been a good ride. It's been a good ride, but I am a different person now. It's time for me to move on. It's time for me to actually find something that works. So that is a small update. Therapy, and she's changing her meds. Oh, wow. She's really putting herself first. Oh my god. Yeah, okay. I sound kind of crazy talking about myself in third person. Anyway, um, love you besties. I will see you soon.